I'm Brooke. And I'm Jamie. And this is the Truth Fairies Podcast. The truth hurts. So we will be giving our very biased and unqualified opinions on real life situations. From reality TV, relationships, and parenting, we'll cover it all. So So let's let's get started. started. Hi. Hello. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Truth Fairies Podcast. How are you? I am amazing. How are you? Jamie Garn. I'm so good. How are you? Brooke's like... I'm good. Guess what I just did? What? You're going to be horrified. Okay. So I had my little mug here this morning when we came, but I didn't want to put water in it because I didn't want it to spill in your car. Oh, okay. So I just put ice in it, and I'm like, I'll fill it up there. Well, there was no drinking fountain, so I just filled it up in the bathroom. What? (laughs) Ew. (laughs) I would never... But here's Never the drink that, bathroom water. There was not like a cold faucet and a warm faucet. It was like a automatic, <gasps> like you put your hand and it just goes. Ew, I gagged and got chills. <laughs> so I don't know if it's going to be hot or cold. Ew, I don't drink bathroom water, mm. which is part of the reason why I struggle in hotels. I know. When we've been in hotels, I'll go get water out of the sink. And you, like, literally have a visceral reaction. I do. I hate it. I just feel like bathroom, ew, You no. and Robin, too, I'm like, it's fine. We don't need bottled water. Like, we have the water in the hotel, and you guys are like, no, we don't. Ooh, that is bathroom water. <laughs> do you think it comes out of the toilet? Like, it, what is your... I don't know. It's just not the same. But why? I don't know. It's who I am. So growing up, we had hard water in the kitchen and soft water in the bathrooms. So it was different. Is that where this comes from? Maybe. Is that the stem? Maybe. It might be because we did have soft water. Yeah. I don't know. It just feels... Dirty. Is it because your ba- cause your cup is entering the room where you no, defecate? Because I wouldn't <laughs> defecate. I wouldn't turn the sink on and dip my head under and take a drink out of it. If you were dehydrated? No. I mean, I'm not gonna die over it. It's not like, you know. Speaking of that, did you see the TikTok I sent you about the portable bidet? Yes. <laughs> There are portable bidets out there that we never knew about. Apparently so. It's like a water bottle with a spigot, and you can push a button, and it fountains. So you can bidet yourself wherever you may be. Wherever. And this woman had one, and I thought it was like a sexual thing at first. It looked like, yes, it did. And then she's like, you don't know what that's for? And I sent it to all you guys, Heather and Robin, and Heather was like, I still don't get it. And I think it was a bidet. Yeah, it was a bidet, and I loved it, and it's like... There's nothing more satisfying. I know we've talked about this before. Then after you have a baby and they give you that squirt bottle, that squeegee (sighs) bottle that you like shower your hoo-ha with after Uh in lieu of wiping, if Uh, you will. Yeah, it's the best. So good. And so the portable bidet might, for me, be where it's at because our home bidet is just attached to our toilet water and it's freezing cold. Okay, wait a minute. So... Are you saying that in a bidet, it is putting tank water? Yeah. Well, I don't think the water comes from the tank, but it's... So your water line that comes from the city or whatever fills up your tank, fills up your toilet. It's that same water that's shooting at your butt. But that is clean water. Yeah, it's clean water. But so is your tank water. But it sits there. So it's... Mm. I'm not going to drink it. Okay. But that's my whole problem with the bidet. On the rare occasion that I have had a stomach ache and needed to, because I, like I've said, I know TMI, I know I'm an oversharer, I am a ghost pooper. 
Yes, you it are. is a clean wipe. <laughs> it's a clean sweep, ninety nine percent of the time. But on the occasion that I don't feel well, like coming home from Mexico, the bidet came in handy. I can see the, but it is freezing cold on my. See, on if my I'm going to have a bidet, it needs to be plumbed to my hot water. Thousand percent. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just going to haphazardly shoot ice cubes no. in my nether regions. And that's why I don't get it when everyone's like, they love their bidet. It's changed their life. I'm like, how do you like? Freezing cold water on your bum hole. I don't get it. <laughs> I do not get it. Uh, nobody should have that. And did you know there's a female and a male setting? I did know that. Ow. It hurts and it's cold. Yeah. It needs to be a warm, a warm setting. Oh, yeah. Life-changing. I a cold setting. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Not for me. Nope. But I am drinking bathroom water. And you know what? With my ice in there, it's cold and it's refreshing. But Okay. I knew you'd like that. I saved that for I you. I hated that. I saved that bit of information for you for this podcast. Gross. Gross, gross, gross. Okay. Gross. What okay. is tickling your fancy? My fancy has been so tickled this week by the book, I'm Glad My Mom Died. <gasps> oh, I saw that you had said something about that and how good it was. And I, tell me everything. Okay. It is so good. This is a book written by Jeanette McCurdy who was the co-star of iCarly. Yeah. She's Sam. She is Sam. And then they had the spin-off, Sam and Cat. Yes. She, I want to hug her. She is amazing. So the whole book is about how her mom thrust her into acting as a child because she wanted to be an actress and couldn't. Her mom was a... Like lived vicariously through her. Lived vicariously Mm -hmm. for her, but it is way more than that. She was like, I think, I I don't want to, you know, I'm no psychiatrist, but I'm going to say a narcissist, uh-huh. psychopath, manipulative. When you, so I listen to it. And normally when I listen to a book on Audible, it's like, oh, on carpool, like I'll listen to it on the way to pick yeah. my kid up from school. I'll listen to it to run errands, maybe when I'm doing dishes, doing laundry. So it'll take me like a solid couple of weeks to get through a book. This was like, I couldn't stop listening. Wow. Like, I literally sat on my back porch and just listened to it. And I've never, like, you don't do that. Huh. Right? That's interesting. It was so good. Like, she was everything, everything that Jeanette did as a child was to appease and make her mom happy. Hmm. And it's heartbreaking. But she writes it from the perspective of her childhood. So when she's telling the story, she's telling it not from her adult lens, but from her child lens. Oh, wow. So she's not saying, I told my mom that I loved this brand, this flavor of ice cream that she wanted me to like because I knew she wanted me to like it. Mm -hmm. She's telling it how she saw it as a child. Yeah. And then it goes through like the iCarly years and then she died in her like mid-20s. Mm-hmm. And the she, mom did. The mom did. Okay. And then kind of like what happened when she was eight. Because she, like her mom never left her side. She was homeschooled. She came with her to all her acting jobs. If she went to the movies with Miranda, the co-star of iCarly, uh-huh. she was with them. She never left her. Oh, wow. She had no sex education. She had When she started her period at like 17, she like her mom had never talked to her about it. Her mom introduced anorexia to her when she was 11. Oh, wow. So she became anorexic at her mom's encouragement at 11. Jeez, how crazy. Honestly, like, heartbreaking. Hmm. And so she never wanted to be an actress. She only did it to make her mom happy. 
and then the anorexia and the manipulation. Her mom wouldn't let her shower alone. She showered. Oh, my hell. Yeah. She showered her, gave her breast and vaginal exams until she moved out when she was like 20. Holy crap. Uh Uh-huh. Psycho mom. Psycho mom. Psycho mom. So it, it was... It was really, really good writing. Like, hmm. she was meant to be a writer. She was not meant to be an actress. Wow. It's okay. Brilliant. Writing. I've been wanting to read it, but it, you know, I'm old school and I like a hard copy. Yeah. And you can't get it, a hard copy. You can't? Well, I mean, maybe you can now, but at first, when it first came out, it was like it was, you couldn't. Sold you could out. do the Kindle oh. and, or the Audible. So maybe yeah. I'll just have to suck it up and do that. But. Well, she reads it. And I feel like when the author reads it, it's better because they are saying it. It's how. like they're telling their story. Yes. yes. So wow. it's probably the best like memoir I've ever read. <gasps> I'm wow. like, I literally okay. binged it. Like, okay. you know. I binged it in two days. I could not stop listening. Oh, I was so excited. And then I did the thing, the same thing I did when I read the book Educated, mm-hmm. which was I also did Audible, which was like, now I have to look up every podcast she's ever been on because I just want more. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay. I'm excited. So good. You know, Audible, I mean, wow. Educated <laughs> was the first book and only book I've ever listened to on Audible. On Audible, really? Yeah. I have I a think membership. I have a subscription. I think it's a whole new world for me. It is I'm gonna have so to dive into. Good. Mm. I love it. And yeah, I've had I've had it where I've had the book and then I've like got on Audible too and I've come back and forth so I can listen to it when I'm driving right. and then read it. Because I love reading too. Yeah. But this one, honestly, it's like she opens up about the eating disorder and about and it's like you love books that rip your heart out. Mm-hmm. And it's not necessarily like, whoa, intense abuse. It's the writing. It's the hmm. way she writes it that just, it's little tiny vignettes into her whole Oh, I would childhood. love that. Okay, I'm going to oh, get it. I'm going to so look good. at it. Okay, do. Okay. What has been tickling your fancy? Nothing. Damn it. Nothing has tickled me in any way. I am tickleless. Is your bo- Is your boob poked? Or are you just, um, are you just kind of Gosh, like, I'm just pretty you're neutral. In, you're in crunch mode at work. I so. am in crunch mode. So nothing is making me happy. Nothing <laughs> is making me sad. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. I Sorry. mean, other than, I'll tell you what is making me sad, is I went, my daughter is doing a competitive dance team this year. Mm-hmm. And they had a, par- a mandatory parents meeting. Mm-hmm. Two hours Listening to things that could have been said in 15 minutes. Oh, I hate meetings. Was sad to me. And, it, you know, and the coach is great and the studio is great. But it's like all the parents that want to, like, prove that they've been in comp- in competitive yeah. dance for a few years. So, like, all these random dads in the audience are like, well, last year when we did this. Okay, nobody gives a shit. <laughs> right? It's 930 at night. Yeah. I've only eaten pistachios for my whole day. Just tell me what I need to know. Just give me the list of color. Like I have to buy and get me the hell yeah. out of here. Just, just I am like I am so the person who is. I can. I feel like I can do almost anything, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not rocket science or anything, but like within a, the normal scope of human function, I can do anything. <laughs> just tell me what you want me to do. And get let's me not. Out of here. Yeah, let's not do discovery. Like, well, last year, no, nope. Tell me what you want me to do. I hate it. I last hate year this didn't it. work. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't need to know the story. Just tell me what you want me to do. I know. And that was one of the big takeaways about this book. Again, going back to Glad My Mom Is Dead, is she was, the mom was such a pusher in calling all the people and begging for parts and all that, that it was like, it reminds me of dance moms. 
Yeah. Where it's like those dance moms, when we did dance, you could tell the moms that were going to be... Crazy. The, the, They're crazy. The crazy moms that would go talk to the teacher and make sure their kid got the solo and make sure they had the best costume. And it's like, I am so... I can't do it. No. I could never do it. No. Maybe if my kids were good at something, I could do it. I don't know. <laughs> it, has no, it has nothing to do with skill. It's like these people are crazy. How much of it is the moms and how much of it is yeah, the Yeah, like I just want my my kid wanted to do it. Cool. Yeah, you're not going right? to stop your kid from doing what they want to do. She She's pretty good at it. Yeah. She likes it. She's happy doing it. Okay, sign me up. <laughs> yeah. Just and, and don't negotiate. The, just tell me what I owe. <laughs> tell me what time to be there. And tell me, just tell me what you want from me. Tell me what I need to buy. Yeah. Where we need don't to Don't ask me, do I want to do fun? No, just tell me. <laughs> don't make me sell the freaking yeah, wrapping, don't, wrapping paper. I don't want wrapping paper. Cookies. I don't want chocolates. Uh-uh. I don't want, you know, Little Caesars pizza. Just tell me. <laughs> you owe me $500 this month. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm over it. <sighs> I am too. Just I'm don't have time. <laughs> so anyway. That's what's not making me happy this week. Okay. Nothing else is making me happy. It'll be worth it. This is making me happy. This is making me happy. We just brunched. Oh, we brunched hard. It was like... <laughs> it was so good. They gave me this potato that was like a potato mixed with a donut. I don't know yet how they, they did that. Yet they call it a hash brown, right? It was like the sweetest, most deep fried potato I've ever eaten. But fluffy, but light, but... What was that? I don't know, but it, it was, was good. So good. That did tickle my fancy. That potato is going to get me through the entire week. It It is. It, it really has is. to. It really is. Well, let's move on and let's talk about the weird and wacky, wacky world. world. Okay, you got so it. So this is very intriguing to me because this, take, this immediately takes me back to my childhood. Okay. And... Me and Nancy, I don't even, I I shouldn't have even said that because I don't even remember the details, but we had read something or we had heard a story about this guy that was living in somebody's basement unbeknownst to them. So it, and we were fascinated by it. So this story, as I read it, I was like, this is so crazy. Yeah. So let me just read. Um, Social media user Megan Curley has detailed her terrifying story, which sounds like something taken directly from a horror film. Wonk, wonk, wonk. After stumbling across peculiar discoveries around her home and sharing the aftermath on TikTok, people are convinced that an intruder could be living in her apartment. Oh, no. Okay, the bone-chilling discovery came soon after Megan and her flatmates found that they had a leak in their roof and quickly got up to investigate. So it kind of sounds like, like this was in the night. They get up to investigate, and they find a set of black, dirty handprints beside two large open windows in their apartment. Um, And so so they were like, they get up to investigate this thing. They find the windows open and handprints (gasps) all over, like like somebody's crawled in and out of their window. Okay. Um, She said, when we were taking things out, I noticed that there were black hand marks on our white wall, and the windows had been left wide open. The clip continued to show how the strange hand marks, which Megan had described, and even how both window—okay, it's reiterating. How many times are you going to say this? They were left open on either side. She said, also, I discovered the other day that my letterbox had a letter had a little wire poking out of it. What? So just some weird stuff happening right. around her apartment. Right. She said, unfortunately, the strange finds around the home don't end there. She discovered, as she described the other chilling details, which led viewers to, d- to the discovery that someone is trespassing. Oh, my gosh. Um, stuff in her room is being changed, LED lights being switched on <gasps> and off, and house- housemates denying the claims 
like denying that they had anything to do with it, um, have caused people to think that maybe there's something more to this. She said sometimes she comes home on her lunch break from work and she feels like this, there's steam in her bathroom, but she didn't shower there. Oh. So she comes home and her house is steamy. Oof. Nothing's been taken. My MacBook is still here. My flatmate's MacBook is still here. All of our stuff is still here. Um, but she said that sometimes after checking their cupboards, they find like empty, like crisp packages. The bread has been used and even ma- eggs missing in their carton. So it's oh. like. So it's not a ghost. It is, no, it's not a ghost. And it's not like somebody is breaking into still stuff, but right. it's like somebody is in there showering, <gasps> eating their eating. food and then going in and out of a window. Okay. Um, Ugh. She says, I'm really baffled because we're on the top floor. We're not on a ground floor. We're on a high, you know, on a busy street. So I don't think, Mm. like, how could somebody be crawling in and out of our windows? Mm. Um, Somebody commented that maybe she needs to check her carbon monoxide detector. And maybe that this is all just like they have a carbon monoxide link and she's like making all of this up. Uh. But it doesn't. Like there's, you know, because it can cause like confusion, memory loss, that kind of thing. But she's like, these are things that multiple people are noticing. And like the thing in the mailbox is outside of the apartment. So it's not just like they come in the apartment. There was a wire coming out? Yeah. Just some weird like. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Um, So let's see. And then some commenter said, if you have a loft or attic, check it at ASAP. A lot of people live in them like and can be like... um, what do they call it? Like squatting, squatting in there. Yes. Yeah. So she's contacted the police. They've given a statement and they've been, the police are involved now. Wow. Um, she said that their apartment does not have an attic. They don't have like anything like that, but they believe that somebody is is coming right. in and out of their windows throughout their day and, and literally like squatting in their apartment. I wonder if they have like a balcony. Like if they are on the top floor, the guy could be getting in from the roof. Right. I, of course, assume it's a guy. Yeah, because all guys are terrible. (laughs) What woman would squat? (laughs) What woman would break in? (laughs) Right. Um, So, yeah. So she's she's just like like they're kind of freaked out about it, but it's enough that. um, I wonder how many people that think they're having paranormal paranormal experiences are actually squatters. Right, because I... people living in your attic. Yeah, because I seriously believe... Um, I believe that the living are way more scary than the dead. Oh, for sure. But, um, so, yeah, back to when me and Nancy were little, we read this story about this guy living in, like, a heater vent uh-huh. in somebody's basement. And yes. he'd been living there for, like, a period of time, and nobody knew. But, like, really, yeah. I feel like I could live in somebody's house with nobody knowing. <laughs> you could live in there. Like in their attic, Someone for sure. Live in my attic, for we, sure. We never go up there. Crawl spaces, and especially if it's like people that work during the day. Like I'm home at all random hours. No one could live in my attic. I'm always there. But people like this that are like single women, they all go to work. It would be very easy to sneak in during easy. the day, take your shower, eat some eggs, put a wire in your mailbox. I don't know. Like mail- I don't know what the wire was for. That was. It was just another thing that was off. I think. Right. Yeah. Right. So. But I, I mean, I think people, and I really, you could sit out and watch somebody's habits and get a pretty good idea of what, what people's behaviors yeah. are. And if they're on the top floor, that would be the, an easier place. Like middle floor, I can see how someone, like, it's not Spider-Man yeah. scaling the walls. But top floor or bottom floor would be the most easy. Yeah. Oh, that's you just so get creepy. In. 
The black handprints are freaking me out too. Like, you're, are you that dirty? Like, like a some dirty, yeah. Yeah. From the ceiling or from the roof, he's getting in and leaving these smudgy. Well, and sometimes, like, I'll look in my garage. Like, my garage has an attic, yeah. It like, entrance, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think really, I mean, how, when was the last time you checked your attic? Never. Never. I always tell Never. Aaron, we have all this space. We should utilize that there. He's like, it's a pain to get in and out of. We don't ever use it. Yeah. So it's like nobody's checking that. Mm-mm. Somebody could. And the other day I came out to drive my daughter to school and my garage had been open all night. Somebody is literally living in there. Probably. And you wouldn't even know. Probably. Um, this is another thing. Complete side note. Okay. Every time I drive or go anywhere, I am constantly thinking about how I could survive in the world if I was homeless. Really? (laughs) (laughs) Like I'll drive past like a park, for example, and I'm like, I bet there's a way that you could rig the bathroom door so that you could get in there and sleep in there at night. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I feel like I'd be really good homeless. Well, and I think if you kept yourself looking like a normal person— Okay, that was really awful for you to say. Okay. We do. What I mean is, if you looked like you look now. So if I continue to be hygienic, dress in clean clothes, uh do my hair, brush my teeth. You could walk into any hotel and eat breakfast. Yeah. Right? Yes. Think about the breakfast hopping. Think about the, like, conventions. Um, like all the free lunches that are like open to like a big group of people. Yeah. Like if you slip on in, slip on in. My dad lived across the street from a park growing up and they were kind of latchkey kids as all kids were in the 50s and 60s. He had a single mom. His parents were divorced. They used to sneak into family reunions, work parties. Anytime there was a potluck or like a big thing happening at the park, him and his brother would just slide on in and get a plate. <laughs> <laughs> and any time, like, people would kind of, like, look at him sideways and go, who's, wait, whose kid are you? They would. They'd go, whose kid are you? And they'd go, they'd say, John's. Yeah. And then John's go, okay. or Dan's. Or... Uh-huh. And then they'd go, okay. Or maybe they'd even say their real dad's name. And they'd go, oh, okay. Right. Who's going to question this kid that. Yeah. yeah. I love that. I know. So they ate a lot of free meals at that part. Just. Yeah. I am constantly thinking about. How you can Like, survive. if I'm ever down on my luck. Yeah. How could I do it? You know what? You know those shows like Alone that show people surviving in the wilderness? Mm-hmm. There should be a new reality show that shows average people that don't have to be homeless surviving as homeless. Like, yes. You know, they could make – it's like the 90 days in prison. Yes. They could make you 90 days homeless and see how you survive. I would watch it. I would do it. TLC, reach out. Call me. We will be homeless for you. for Because I have a lot of plans. You could do 90 days. I could do about 30 seconds. Well, I just, like, like we were driving. Jake and I were driving to, oh gosh, where, oh, Bend, Oregon. Yeah. And on the drive home, I'm just, there's a lot of, like, old abandoned places. I'm like, these would be really, you I could function in these. Have you seen the YouTubes of fully abandoned neighborhoods and houses? No. It, there are YouTube channels that go around abandoned entire neighborhoods. Hmm. It's insane. Like, we could live there for free. Yeah. We could thrive. I mean, I feel like I would thrive in I those circumstances. I just need to eat a solid, like, three meals a day. So just <laughs> as long as I have food. But I think, I think you answered your own question. I know. Buffets. Um, you could go to if you walk in like reunions and you look like you're be- motels. You uh-huh. Yeah, there are plenty of opportunities. And if I have a good breakfast, I can survive the whole day. Right. 
Like right. those alive people alone, like the alone show mm-hmm. or naked and afraid. Yeah. They're living off like one berry a day. I a could, berry and like a cockroach. Yeah. Give <laughs> a grub. <laughs> give me a waffle bar. <laughs> We're good. I'm, I can survive till 10 p.m. And I think I could waffle bar. I think I could steal too. I mean, not that I'm promoting <laughs> that, but I think I have, I'm well within my, like that's within my skill set. A little pickpocketing? Yeah. I mean, nothing big. Yeah. But slip or, into a grocery store, still a, a, yeah. a, what are they called? The cliff bars? I have a Costco membership. Yeah. I could live off the samples. Right. Oh, yeah. As long as you don't take, like, that kind of stuff. Also, like, look up free events. Look up grand openings. Look, yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Give me the School internet. registrations where they're giving out donuts. <laughs> I don't know. There are so many opportunities. You're right. Yeah. I think we okay. could do it. Okay. That's a good reality show that I just pitched. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Okay. Okay. What do you have today? Let's move on to Oh Honey. Oh Honey. Okay. So when I was looking up school stories, I found this little doozy for you, and I would like to know what you think. Okay. So my daughter is 12. I'm trying to teach her ways of creating and respecting her boundaries that are age appropriate, teaching her that it's okay to say no to things she feels uncomfortable with, which I think is super important. I think that is important. But let's see how far this goes. Okay. See how you think. There's a boy in her class who keeps bothering her and her female friends at recess. I've encouraged her to go to me or her teacher when this happens. <laughs> can you stop touching this styrofoam? <laughs> I don't know if the listeners can hear it, but it's like, <laughs> she's touching this styrofoam and it just becomes static. Okay. There's a boy in her class. Carry on. Okay. Um, oh, my daughter told me a few days ago that in class, the teacher had asked the kids to form groups of about four or five. She had formed a group of five with some other girls. Then the boy, who had been giving her trouble at recess, came over and said he was joining their group. Another girl said that they already had five, so he should work with a group that only have two or three people. He said no because the teacher had said about four or five. My daughter said he then said that they didn't, she said they didn't want to work with him and he could find another group. A few of the other girls agreed with her. He said that you can't exclude me like that. It's against class rules. And she said she didn't care. I heard about this from my daughter first, and the way she talked about it, she had been firm but not unkind. But then I got an email from her teacher saying that she wanted to call. She said there had been an incident at school where my daughter had excluded another child, and that wasn't allowed in her class. And she wanted me to have a talk with her about it. Her telling of events was the same as my daughter's. I felt proud of my daughter for her honesty. I sent her an email saying, Dear Mrs. Teacher, I'm sorry, but that is not a lesson I feel comfortable teaching my daughter. She is in an age where she is already having to deal with unwanted attention, and I'm making a point to teach her that she does not have to be around anyone who makes her uncomfortable, and that a young lady is able to choose to spend time with people who make her feel respected. I understand you are already aware that this boy has been behaving in ways that she feels uncomfortable with at recess. From our prior conversations... I think it is a very dangerous lesson to teach a girl she has to include and be kind to everyone instead of teaching her to be aware of when someone is not respecting her no and stepping out of the situation. I hope I don't have to explain in too much detail why I feel this is important. But to put it briefly, I was brought up with the include everyone mindset, no exceptions. It taught me to ignore my own comfort level. And as I became a young adult, I became the victim of men who used my inability to say no to their advantage. It is a dangerous lesson and I no longer and no longer appropriate at that age. Thank you. She emailed me back asking for a meeting in person with the principal. 
I'm preparing for that meeting, but wondering if my email was too harsh. AITA for my response to my daughter's teacher. No. No. Not at all. Mm-mm. I think because this has been an ongoing situation. Yeah. Um, like that he's been doing things and then he's just inserting himself into play. Like he's doing it very intentionally. That's what it sounds like to me. Too. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that her her explanation and especially where the teacher is aware of the other events, it seems, I don't know. Like, it seems like she's overlooking it and just trying to keep the peace. Right, right. And, you know, and I'm like, the parent and teacher in me is like, you know, it's okay sometimes for kids to be uncomfortable in certain situations, but not ever when it comes to like, like, it's okay for a kid to have to present in class and feel a little bit uncomfortable. And it's okay, you know what I mean? Yeah. But not ever when it's like those types of boundaries. Like, this boy is harassing us at recess. He's making me, me feel uncomfortable. She's tried to address it with the school, and it's like the thing of, like, teaching your girls, sometimes you have to take that upon yourself to have that empowerment to say, no. This is, making- right. It's like, it's kind of like when we talk, like, on, on My Favorite Murder, murder. wow, yeah. <laughs> when they talk about, you know, you don't have to be polite. F, politeness. Yeah, sometimes yeah. it's appropriate for you, like, when you can be polite, great, but sometimes there are are we have to draw a line in the sand and say this is not a safe comfortable place for me yeah and it's okay yeah and at 12 that's kind of the age where I think that really needs to start yeah like as a kid when they're little boy girl like relationships it almost seems like you're all the same like Mm -hmm. if someone's making you uncomfortable if they're a boy or a girl it doesn't matter right but then when you kind of enter teenagehood like my daughter had this boy wanting to date her when she was about 13 and she was not interested. Mm-hmm. And every day at lunch, he and his friends would harass her. Why don't you like him? Why don't you like him? Every day. And she, would, she wouldn't she would ever be firm about saying, no, I'm not interested, because she didn't want to hurt his feelings. Right. So it led to the cycle of leaving the door open because right. she was uncomfortable be setting kind. a boundary. Yep, be kind. I'm trying to be nice. Don't I'm hurt anybody's nice. feelings. I'm trying not to say I don't like him because I don't want to hurt his feelings. And finally, I had to say... Hurting someone's feelings is not the same thing as being mean. Those are right. two different things. Right. You're not saying, I don't like him because he stinks and he's ugly and he's this and this and this. You're saying, I'm not interested. That is my firm answer. Right. Is a different thing. And right. I was, we weren't really ever taught that. No, because girls are taught to be polite, be pretty, mm-hmm. do, you know. So be I think pleasing, it's. Be pleasing, be pleasant, yeah. be meek, be this and this. So I hope that this mom comes in strong and just says, this has been an ongoing issue. We've communicated this issue. And it's important to set to learn to set boundaries at this age. Yeah, this kid needs to find front. This kid maybe needs some help finding peers that he can relate to. And this is really an easy situation too, because if you have if you have groups of student in a, students in a classroom and they're in like groups of four or five, and there's some groups of two or three, it's easy. Yeah, just be like, you know, they already have a group of four. Let's move you to a group that only has two. Exactly. Like, it's easy. It doesn't have to be, like, a personal. Like, these guys don't want you here, but let's even out our groups. Yeah, and that's what it sounded like they were doing, which is an easy thing, and the teacher was fighting it. So, I don't know. Not everything—I mean, I think it's so important that you look at equality is not always the same. Like, equitable and equal are not the same, right? Uh I mean, sometimes you have to look at people's situations and circumstances— yeah. Not everything is not everything is always going to be exactly yeah. equal. And it sucks when your kid's the one getting left out. 
But at the same time, like, I would wonder what this mom would say if, if the other mom was like, your kid is making my the girls uncomfortable at recess. Right. It's got to be a school where sixth grade is an elementary school, too, because mm-hmm. they're 12 and they have recess. So Right, right. So, yeah, interesting. Hmm. I agree. I agree with you. I, yeah. And I agree with the mom that it's a good lesson to teach. Kindness is still important, but setting boundaries. But not at the expense of your safety or of, well-being. Exactly. So it's so. a fine line that girls have to walk. Right. And I, and a lot of times you see women get in trouble, get into unsafe situations because they don't want to upset anybody. Yeah. And it's like, no, you've got to trust your gut first. Yeah. And if there's something that feels off to you, yeah. it's okay to be like, you know what? No. Yeah. Just no. You don't have to explain. The answer is no. Yep. And it starts, if you can learn that at a young, at a young age, you're going to be way less likely to get into bad situations, dangerous situations in your 20s. Perfect. And men don't have to deal with that. They don't get called bitches for having boundaries. Right. Now I'm getting fired up. Now you're fired up. But it's That's the it. thing of like girls have very different expectations, especially in like careers where, like, I was listening to the whole, like, free Britney Spears thing mm-hmm. this week oh in, gosh, in a yeah. podcast. And it was talking about how, like, she's in charge and she was saying, I need the music louder. And they called her a diva. And how she's like, I'm not a diva. I just know what I need and I need the music louder for me to rehearse. And mm-hmm. it's like, men don't get called divas. Right. Men don't get called They know what they want. Aggressive. No, nope, they just assertive. know what they want. Yeah. But a woman that, a woman that in a knows what she wants is a bitch or a diva. Uh-huh. It's so hard. <sighs> Let's change that. Please. Please. And it starts when you're 12 on the playground. So. That's it. Good job, Mama. Yes. Ew, I just said Mama. Ooh, okay. Take it back. Let's move on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you. Okay. My son's father and I have been broken up since late 2020, early 2021. Okay. I've moved on with a new partner since then. At the time of our breakup, I spent a lot of time with my good friend, and she was my confidant and sounding board throughout the whole thing. She even offered me a job working for the company she works for recently, and we are still very close. Well, today, my ex tells me that he and my friend have been talking for a while and reconnecting, and that they are now seeing each other. No! No! Okay. Uh, My friend has yet to talk to me about him at all. I'm upset because she was my friend and my rock through our breakup, and now she is seeing him. I know it's been a while since we broke up, and it's not the case of I don't want him, but I don't want anybody else to have him. Because I would honestly be so happy for him if he got a partner. But her? Of all the people in the world, my best female friend. I'm upset and I'm hurt, not even for him, but her. It feels like a betrayal. Am I, like, am I the asshole? Ugh. Ooh. She's losing both of them. Well, and it sounds like from this, she has a good, like, co-parent, like a... I don't know if they're co-parents that say that, but they have like a good relationship post breakup. Right. She never. Oh yeah, said it they're was co-parenting. My son's father. She's... And then this woman, it would be like you. Yeah. It would be like you're my person. I tell you everything. You divorce Aaron. I date him. It it would be like I would be more upset about like I would cho- I was obviously choosing the divorce. Right. That was the best that, decision. Yeah, that relationship is over it's, and they still communicate, it they co-parent. Like a mutual decision. So if I divorced Aaron, okay, we've made this decision. But then to lose you and to have like me not tell you ripped <gasps> out of my life, that would be more <sighs> devastating than the divorce. Right. And to have Aaron like as he's dropping the kids off one night. Hey, by the way, Jamie and I are like <gasps> 
kind of seen each other. Honestly, like that makes my mind roll. It makes my gagger gag. It makes my gag gag. (laughs) Because to find a female friend as an adult, we've talked about this before, is like, that is no easy feat. Right. And when you find your person or your people and your tribe, it's like you hold on to those people and you're settled. Like, right. I don't need to. You make... don't need a man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to make more friends when I've got. I'm the kind of person, and I think when you hit your 40s, most people are. Mm-hmm. You've got your core people. At this point, you've realized who you can rely on, who can you divulge to, who I can talk to. Right. Which is, you know, you and a couple other people. If I lost that, it would be like, oh, now. And then who are you going to talk to now? I can't talk to you about my ex-husband because you're freaking Cause you're dating, dating him. him and sleeping with Ew. him. I'm gonna, on one hand, if you're going to be the stepmom to my kids, I would like, okay, good. Now I know at least I trust you. But that relationship would completely change. Change the dynamics. Now of, you're no longer my friend. Right. You're my ex-husband's wife mm-hmm. or girlfriend. Yeah. <gasps> I hate that for us. I hate. <laughs> no, now, I'm, I'm <laughs> now, I'm, now we're pissed at Aaron and Jake. How could you do that to us? <laughs> no, I'm like, don't ever leave me for Aaron. <laughs> I'm not like, don't Aaron, don't leave me for Jamie. I'm like, Jamie, don't, don't leave, leave me. me for my husband. That's because weird. finding a husband is probably easier than finding a best friend. <laughs> Probably. Legit, though, there's no oh. Tinder for best friends. No, but I, I do feel, I feel for this girl. I do, too. Right? That sucks for her. Um, yeah, and it feels like, she says it feels like a betrayal. Yeah, it does feel like a betrayal. 1,000%. And yeah. the friend, who do you think should have told first, the friend or the husband? He's the ex-husband, so the friend should Yeah, the friend. Because is- the friend is in an active, like, reciprocal relationship, not just co-parent. I mean, like, an ex is a different level. Mm-hmm. But, like, if I'm showing up at your house and we're going and having breakfast and hanging out, like, I should tell you. Yeah. Brooke, I need to tell you something. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm dating Aaron. Oh. oh. And I, there must have not, it must have not been, like, a big, huge, like, ugly divorce. Because right. if, like, it had been an ugly divorce, you better be on my side. Right. Like, you better not And have she was, any... like, the sounding board, the whole divorce. Yeah. And they were together for seven years. Man. And this was for you. So, like, we're talking like a decade of issues with this guy. Right. Mm. Yeah. Don't do it. There's other fish Don't in the sea. Do Don't date your friend's ex-husband. Don't. Out of that, respect for everyone. Yeah. And clearly she wants a man more than a best friend, which I will already reiterate is harder to find a best right. friend. Right. Maybe they're 25. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know. But in your 40s, Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a best friend than I, I'd rather have both. But if I've lost my husband and I've got this best friend, like, oh, man, don't let that go. Yeah. I hate yeah. that friend. I do, too. I, I hate, hate her. Situation. I hate her. That's it. No, you have every right to feel betrayed. Yeah, but feel betrayed. Yeah, your friend is the one that was supposed to be loyal to you at this point. Your husband's left you. He has no... I mean, you've divorced amicably, it sounds like. Yeah. Dang, that sucks. Now, if if... Like, if you set me up with Aaron, different story. Yeah, but I would never do that. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, if, but if it was like that kind of a relationship, like right. my, me and my ex husband didn't work, but you guys would be great together. Sure. Great. We could be all be friends. Yeah. But that you don't, as if the best friend, you no. Don't go behind her back. No. That seems like a huge betrayal. Bad friend. My bathroom water is running out. It tastes like crap, too. Mm-mm, it doesn't. It tastes really good. <laughs> I need to go get some more. Okay, what do you got? All right. I have a TIFU, and I want you to say if he really effed up 
or not. Okay. Okay. So he says he doesn't really think he effed up, but he, his wife does. Okay. Which so, is typical. <laughs> so he says, I don't know ages or anything like that. doesn't matter. He says, all summer, my wife has been complaining about her sweaty tits. His, <laughs> his words, not mine, because I don't love that word. Okay. How she's running all, ruining all her good bras with Cheb sweat. <laughs> She's paranoid about her under boob sweat lines, etc., etc. Boobs, I mean, that's a real thing. Now, this isn't my first rodeo, so I stuck just to sympathetically listening and nodding at appropriate times. No comments that could be misconstrued as me criticizing her breasts or her sweatiness or anything like it. She's not even any more sweaty than the average person, and her breasts are incredible, but I digress. And absolutely no way in hell was I going to try to solve her problem. Only a husband who is an idiotic masochist would do that, right? But then last week I got an email from the company she buys her period panties from. Each newsletter sign-up gets money off their order, so a while back she had also signed up using my email address to get an extra promo code. I don't have a menstrual product fetish or anything, I swear. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Glad to know. Anyway, the subject line caught my eye. The sweat-proof bra. A match made in leak-proof heaven. Obviously, any sane person would delete the email, but as I said, I'm an idiotic masochist. Plus, the email said this bra would be my wife's new breast friend. (laughs) Who was I to keep her from her breast friend? (laughs) So I checked out the sizes of her other bras and then placed an order. It arrived an hour or so ago. I knew what it would be, so I handed it off to her unopened. Hey, babe, this is for you. Ooh, what is it? It's a bra. At this point, I see the glint in her eyes and realize my mistake. Sure enough, instead of the sexy lingerie she was hoping for, she pulls out her large, beige, utilitarian-looking, <laughs> sweat-proof bra. <laughs> well, I'm sure you can imagine how it went from there, and my foolish muttering of, but, and the ad said it would be your new breast friend didn't help matters, because apparently I'm the only sweaty tit here. I don't find her sexy anymore, and I have, you know, those sweaty breasts fed and nourished our children. And just what exactly am I getting at anyway? Am I trying to say she has saggy boobs, that she needs a new bra, a more supportive one for her aging sag bags? (laughs) This is just like me to try to solve a problem rather than letting her vent. So yeah, that went well. She has taken the kids to their swimming lesson and then for ice cream, so I have two hours or so to try to salvage things somehow. Crotchless pants? I don't know. Four sisters, and not one of them is free to answer their phone. Four iterations of, sorry, I'm busy. Is this an emergency text? So I'm on my own with this one. I think she'll be more willing to listen to my apology when she returns. She knows I'm a well-meaning idiot, and I think she's beautiful and sexy and deserving of lingerie, not beige, sweat-eating monstrosities. So what do I do when she gets home? No, he good for him. He tried. He listened. He listened. Right? He listened and then saw something. He didn't go seeking it, right? He, he was just Google. there to listen and something fell in his lap. What kind of a fool wouldn't have jumped on that? Right? right? I mean, he's trying. And a company that makes period underwear... Like, must make boob sweat. Knows that, like, how to absorb things. <laughs> so a boob, I, a, a boob sweat absorbing bra. I appreciate his effort. But what would you do 
if you didn't know the backstory, like you didn't know, and all of a sudden Jake's like, I have a gift for you. And it's, you know, those frumpy, those mom bras. Okay. And he's like, this is a bra for you. Would you be like, what? What? (laughs) Except for if I had been complaining and, and like complaining consistently about my boob sweat, if you were to say, hey, wait a second, I know this may not be the most flattering lingerie you own, but... You were talking about this. It came into my inbox. I thought, what the heck? Here you go. You need a breast friend. Yeah, you do need a breast friend. Uh Uh-huh, that's not going to date your husband. Yeah, try this on. Your bra's not going to date your husband. Your bra isn't. So, yeah, I think it was good intentions, and I think she needs to simmer herself down. (laughs) I can see how the reaction would be the whole, I do hate it when when I'm venting to my husband and he tries to solve it. But buying me something. But again, buying me some. I feel like buying me a gift is always. You can't go wrong. And the thing is, is it's not like as you're talking, he's Googling answers for sweaty boobs. It's like it just so happened. You've complained about this. This comes in my inbox. Email for a sweat proof proof bra. Right. And thought, hey. And the intention is, this is something that's bothering her. I'm going to help her. And she's probably going to love it. Yeah, and you know what? If she doesn't, she and her sweaty boobs can roll on out. <laughs> he's you know what come I mean? up with a solution. Like he's trying. Yeah. Cut this guy a break. Yeah. I do love a practical solution. I do love, like, uh, I don't like when, like, I'm venting to my husband and it's like, well, have you done this or this? Yes. Stupid. Yes. Yeah, we've done that. I have tried, like, I have tried, to, but, like, you buy me something? Sure. Mm, okay. Yeah, yeah. don't try to micromanage my boobs, but gift me something. <laughs> Chocolate, flowers. Sweatless bras. Any, yeah. <laughs> Throw money at it. Throw money at me. Throw money at you me know hard. What? Next time I want to vent something, if he just pulls out his wallet and like does the like flick, Just flicks money. Flicks money in my direction. I don't know the answers, but this will help. Or put me in one of those like bank things where you have to grab as much money as you can. <laughs> like the, the rooms that shoot air. Yes. And the money's flying and, and you have to. Money it's like out. a carnival Next, thing. Every time we have a problem, we should have one of those carnival air money things. Money like, that's it. Go into the pit. It's time to go into the pit. I don't know the answer, so go into the pit. <laughs> and you could just see how much money you could grab. And that would probably help. And it's like, now take this money and make yourself feel better. And go okay. with Jamie and buy something. <laughs> Whether it fixes your problem to the money pit, yes. Why isn't that more of a thing? I don't know. It should be. Even if it's coins that just hit you in the head. I mean, I don't know, but I love this man. I I do too. I appreciate it. I love that he saw a solution, and I think she'll come home from those two hours and probably have a different perspective. Yeah, or she'll put that bra on for five minutes. Uh You know what? In the Don't knock it till you try it. Because exactly. she might she might be thanking him hard I later. Know. I look at those bra ads and I'm like, I do need one of those. Like I a few weeks ago I took off my bra mid podcast. And threw it. Threw it. And still have and I you know what? I'm at the age I do need a utilitarian Right. A I, functional bra. A functional bra. I don't I'm not a big boob sweater, but you know what? I would probably like to get rid of that underwire. Okay. Well, while we're talking about utilitarian underclothing, mm-hmm. let's talk about lingerie. Okay. Who really is lingerie for? And how does lingerie work for you? Like, <laughs> like 
Like you see all these women like in the full lingerie. Mm -hmm. Like you put that on and then throw your sweats and t-shirt over it. Like how does that work? Right. And is like it looks to me relatively uncomfortable for the most part. Right. So it's like if my husband buys me some lingerie, he's not thinking of me. No. He's thinking of him. Yeah, would you rather have your right, husband buy, buy me you that a luti- utilitarian bra? Buy me that ugly bra that means comfort yeah. and peace for me. Or a thong with garters. Yeah, that I'm like, mm, who are you buying me. this for? Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's weird and gross. And <laughs> and it's just I I mean, even beyond that, I just I I just don't you're gonna put all this weird like lingerie on take off like yeah. what I it feels I, I guess I'm not a very good um, <laughs> woman <laughs> <laughs> I know it's it's a good way to like hint at your husband what where your mind is at without having to vocalize it. but I'm in sweats right <laughs> yeah. I mean I'm in sweats not if you're in lingerie you're not in sweats <laughs> if you're in lingerie you're in lingerie and you can just walk out and your husband will be like it's on <laughs> I'm cooking dinner at home in lingerie with my two teenagers and a 10-year-old. Yeah. Just smelling frisky. Everyone ignore what I'm wearing. Just trying to put out a message. Nobody Just trying to connect to... with your father. Oh That's traumatizing. Nobody wants that. Give me the sweat-proof bra any, any day. freaking day. Yes. Yes. Okay. Oh, my good health. How about I tell you a little story? Do, please. Um... I, not me personally, mm-hmm. I was married to my ex for seven years okay. um, until we divorced and went our separate ways four years ago. Okay. Okay. So decade sure. of, you know. Sure. After the divorce, she kept my surname. Okay. Or last oh, name so if you're in the, the U.S. Okay. Okay. This is a guy. Yeah. So he, wife married, he's married to his wife for seven years. They divorced four years ago. She keeps his last name. Okay. Um. Just a side note, they did not have children together. Oh. But she still kept his last name. I was assuming kids. Okay. Right. After the divorce, she kept my surname. I didn't necessarily like it because it felt like she was still attaching herself to my family, but I could understand the practical reasons enough to not let it bother me. Okay. She recently, so now here, this is four years ago, she recently gave birth to a baby and posted a picture of said child and revealed its name. A friend sent it to me commenting about the surname and asking if I knocked her up. Oh. So she has a new baby, gives the baby his last name. Her and, you know, her her. last name, which is his name. Wow. Um, Let's see. Following that, four more people directly contacted me, either congratulating me Mm. or asking for confirmation whether it's my child or not. Mm. And my mother says she's been catching whispers about it to a church. Okay, so he bumps into her a few days later and her sister in town and obviously congratulated her, then asked about her kid's name. She said the name. I asked about the surname, and she confirmed that the child's legal surname is my last name Hmm. and asked if that was a problem. Now, that pissed me off. My surname is very unique, especially in the area, since my family is not originally from here. So when people hear that name, they, they naturally think, of my family and assume that this is my kid and it isn't. Worse, the father is apparently in the picture, so I don't know what is going on there. What? Um, I straight up said that it was effing weird that she's giving her newborn the surname of a man she's divorced from who isn't in any way linked to the kid and sounds almost obsessive. She said she gave her daughter the surname as the mother and as her name 
and not mine. Am I the asshole? And then he edits and says, I have no children with her. She has one other child apart from this one from a previous relationship. Um, and so, yeah. What? So now he's getting the heat from all these people like, oh, you just had a baby? And he didn't. Right. So she gives the baby her ex-husband's last name, not the baby's father's. Not the baby. That is weird. Right? That is, I wonder if, I mean, he didn't say, but like small town, everyone knows who he is. I wonder if she is thinking that maybe having this last name will get him, the baby, more places in life. Or if it's just a matter of, well, I wanted him to have my same name. But, but why what? keep your yeah. last name if you don't have, like when I was divorced, we'd been married like seven years and I had kids with him. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, I'll keep his last name um, because it, it also had been established as my, like in my business, my professional yeah. name, what, like that was known. And my kids had that name and it's like, so I'm just going to keep it because we, it, we all have that. Yeah. And well, if I had kids with somebody, I would keep the last yeah. name until I remarried or whatever. But, like, the, when you're having a new baby with somebody, maybe it's time to reconsider that. Totally. Like, that's, if he's involved. Yeah. Right? If he's not involved, maybe that's different. And that's, but, originally when you said she kept the surname, I'm thinking, okay, she got a donor or she got pregnant and the dad's not involved. Kind of makes sense. But I would just go back to my maiden name at right. that point. Right. But instead, and it's like all these people are kind of like... Oh, you know, you had this new baby and he, uh, yeah. And then this new dad is just completely cut out of the like name equation. Right. And he's involved with the baby, yet the name is not. It's the ex-husband's name. That's weird. And it's legal. So legally right. she it's has. It's her legal name. It's her legal name. So, she, I mean, she has the right to do what she wants. And somewhere it, in weird. this, and I didn't, I didn't copy this over, but it did say, um, this is not like it's not like she has a career like a right. like a career where there's like a reputation that connects with that name. Okay. There's really no reason for her to have kept the maiden name yeah. other than it was her last name for you know six or seven years or Which whatever. Which really is not in the time. It feels like a long time, but to me now I'm like that's not like let it go. When I had a career where my name actually was tied to my like. I was a reporter in my hometown, right. so I used my maiden name. I started as Brooke Hale, and then I got married a couple years into my career. And I remember my boss being like, you're not changing your name, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're not becoming flake on air. And right. I'm like, no, like, I'm keeping my name. And then even when I moved markets, I moved to this market, New City, I kept my maiden name. Right. And I almost didn't change my name legally. And mm-hmm. a lot of people in my industry, like the industry I was in, didn't. But I was like, no, but for work, I'm keeping my, like, maiden name. Right, go by your maiden name. And part of it was privacy, like a lot of actors do, you know, mm-hmm. not that I was an actor. <laughs> but it was but like, you're, like, in the public eye and you're, yeah. like, a, like, a celebrity of sorts. Or, like, people know you and recognize yeah. you. And, yeah. But it's like, it's the, like that kid, I don't know. I, I do want my kid to have my same last name, especially mm-hmm. if the husband's not involved. But if I were her, I would have changed my name back to my maiden name and, and given then that given kid. the kid, the, yeah, yeah, so that we have the same last name, but it's not connected to my ex and yeah. his entire family. Right. Uh, and, I feel bad for the guy. But yeah, that's I don't weird. know. That's so weird that she did that. I and know. the poor actual dad. I know. It's like this. I mean, maybe he just doesn't. I don't know. It's very weird. Because mm-hmm. I would be mad. I'm like, oh, you're not going to give that baby my last name, but you're going to give him your ex husband's last name. Yeah. That's. 
That's weird. They don't even have kids together, so it's not like I wanted my kids to have the same last name. Yeah, it's totally just. That's weird. Maybe she's just like, it's just a name, no big deal. What is in a name? What's in a name? That which we call a rose by any other word (laughs) would smell as sweet. There you go. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Well, do you have, let's let's rehash the question last week we presented for the barren truth. Okay. Which was about tipping. Tipping. To tip or not to tip, that (laughs) is the question. At drive-thru specifically. Okay, here are the comments. Um, Okay, okay, so somebody said, I tip if there's an option with credit cards or if I have some cash. I know how how much it meant to my kids when they received tips, even if it was a small amount. I've become a lot more willing to tip generously since COVID. I know everyone is short staffed, so those who are working have to work extra hard. And a kind gesture like a tip can turn someone's bad day around. Okay. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, that was Jen said that. Yes. Um, yeah, sometimes sh- if they're, like, super friendly, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Add a little pep to your step. Yeah. Um, Shannon commented, there is a drink place here that asks, would you like to tip your drink makers in the drive-thru? And then they say it's totally optional, so no pressure. <laughs> like there's no pressure. <laughs> Plus, they're teenagers. How can you say no to teenagers? So I, I guess know. my answer is yes, but not because I want to. I feel that, Shan. Yeah, so it's like... It's but like this cute little teenager is like, no pressure. Like, Did you want to send a tip? Oh, well, I mean, I'm going to crush your spirit right here? <laughs> I know. Fine, I'll send a tip. I know. And the drink places feels different than a... Yeah. Um, okay. And when they put, like, on the little, like, window, like... Um, Johnny Depp or Amber, and you like, get a vote. You get a vote. Money. Which one? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, okay. So your mom. My mom. Absolutely not. A kid in high school making fifteen dollars an hour on his or her job is making enough, and they're doing their job, not serving me. Yep. Which is true. I mean, both sides are right. Yeah. Like, if I'm driving through and ordering something, and your job is to be on the other end of that, yeah. Like order and like then what? Are, what are you being paid for if it's not to do your job, which yes. is to serve me? And you're making $15 an hour. Yeah. Um, and my mom has been known to literally drive away, like, if she doesn't agree. There was something the other day where they wanted to charge her more, like, in a drive through and she's like, I will be exiting this establishment. <laughs> right now. Like, she will make her beliefs, like, capitalism is alive and well in my parents. Like, yeah. if I don't support your decisions, I will not support your establishment. And I am there for that. Um, Kimmy Joe said, not usually. I've started tipping a lot more the last couple of years, though, so it's always possible. I try to whenever I get good service because the people in those industries were hardest hit by the shutdown, and they are the people showing up to work now. Okay. A lot of people are complaining about how no one is working but continue to take retail and drive through employees for granted. I don't get it. Okay. So I agree with that. Okay. Yep. Um, Greg said, not usually, but every now and then. I tipped the food guy a few bucks at a concert the other day just because he looked like he was enjoying himself. Aw. So, yeah. I mean, like, tip when you feel like people yeah. deserve it. Maybe um, you want, not out of obligation, but out of, like, yeah, you did something extra. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Heather said yes ever since my child was a barista. Uh, yeah. Right? So you learn quickly. Or if yeah. you've ever worked, you'll find people that have worked in food service before 
are a lot more like even if I get terrible service, yeah. I'm gonna tip at least fifteen percent. Yeah. Like well, even Ro- if they your suck. Your sister Robinson Brandt was a barista. Yeah. Drive through like Dutch Bros type place. Yeah. And he said, yeah, those tips like but most it's people like, tip, and I was like, oh, maybe I should start. And that's when I started tipping at Dutch Bros. Yeah. Like at coffee shops, I think it's more the norm, but like McDonald's drive through no. seems fishy to me. Well, and there's not even an option on your like. There's no, they're not handing you an iPad saying, do you want a tip? So I'm yeah. not going to extra give you. Yeah. One time, you know, the McDonald, nope, Walmart uh, grocery pickup. Uh-huh. One time it was a blizzard mm-hmm. and the guy came out in the blizzard, loaded my cars and my groceries in my car. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here, here's like a five or 10 or whatever. Did he take it? Yeah. Because it says on their website that they are not supposed to be oh, tipped. Really? Like, well, it, I mean, it says very clear. They're making a full wage and don't tip. But I think in that instance, like when somebody, yes. you know, like it's good to recognize things like it that. It was like he was walking literally through a blizzard to my car. And I was like, yeah, here's $10. Here like, is 10 damn dollars. Thank, like, I don't want to go in that store. That's why I did this. Right? Normally I'm, I don't. Yeah, but. I'm too lazy to get out of my car and walk into the store and shop. <laughs> Much less have to go shop for me and then drag it out in sleet and hail uphill both ways. Um, Lindsay said, no, that's ridiculous. And then Todd said, no, not at all. Did they refill my drink, clean off the trash, (laughs) follow up on how the meal was? They're not doing anything more than what the minimum is needed for a one to two minute overall interaction. Which is where, like, I get it, Todd. That's where I'm at. Todd. Todd. I feel the same. Like, like, tell me what you're being paid for. Sure. What are we tipping you for? What, like, I am giving, in that instance, I am tipping you for exceptional service. Like, service. I don't know if there's really, like, a delineation between, like, like somebody bitchy handing me a Diet Coke <laughs> through the drive-thru or somebody like, hey, thanks, and My handing pleasure. me the Diet Coke. Like, uh-huh. it's sixes. You're both doing the same thing. Yeah. So, I yeah. don't know. There's, yeah. One time I was at Sonic. And, like, I rounded up. So it was like, hey, there's, like, 50 cents left. And I'm like, keep the tip. And he got so excited and mm-hmm. was genuinely so appreciative. Like, he's like, oh, my gosh, really? And it was literally, like, 27 cents. And, I, and then I was like, I, like, want to give him a tip. Like, he right, was so, because he's so. He was so sweet about this menial 30-cent tip that I, like, handed him, like, a 10. Right. Just because I was like, if I made his day with 20 cents. Right. Imagine how much, like, he'll be excited about a $10 tip. Yeah. And it, like, made me feel good. Because there's a big difference between, like, the expectation mm-hmm. of, you know, like, when I order Uber Eats and they oh. want me to tip them up front. Like, I don't know how well, how can I tip you Before on your service your when you're not here yet? Yeah. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, like, it's very different. Like, if somebody goes above and beyond, I am I am here yeah. to tip you all day long. Yeah. It should be based on your service, not right. based on application. Not ba- like I'm, you know, I'm yeah. ordering from Domino's. Do you want to tip your server? I don't know. I don't I'll know. I'll see when he gets here. <laughs> How does my pizza look? Is it cold? Did he get here Did he put time? it on the doorstep and not ring the doorbell? Yeah. I don't know. thousand percent. So. thousand percent. Yeah. Okay. Well, next week's Baron Truth question is... Drum roll. We don't have a drum roll. But you, we have something. <laughs> oh, megaphone! <laughs> it is. Da, da, what da, is da. something you love? Love, 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 love. Or hate. Or hate. That everybody else loves. I can tell you one word that I hate okay. that a lot of people seem to love. Okay. The word cotillion. Really? I hate the word cotillion. 
like people will have a senior cotillion. Uh-huh. Like, what does that even mean? What? Since when? The 60s? I don't know. It, it's just a gross, ugly, like senior ball, senior prom. Let's not call it a senior cotillion. Okay. Okay. I That's hate a it. Thing. I didn't even know that was a it's thing. Like, cotillion. It's like breathy. It's like... It's like flimmy. You it's cotillion. It. It's okay. it's like a cockroach. I okay. hate it. Okay, so what's something that like is a hype or a trend or something that seems to be really popular that you're like, I don't get it. Or something that seems like people hate that you're like, you secretly love it. Yeah. That's yeah. like everyone disses on this particular thing that you're like, I hate, I actually like it, mm-hmm. but I can't say that I actually like it. Okay. So it can be either one. So okay. think about that. We'll post it. Join us on our Instagrams and Facebook so you can join the party. Send your um, emails to truthfairyspot at gmail.com. Yeah. Like, we want to hear your AITAs. Yeah, we do. You know what? Why we, get, are, we get plenty from Reddit, but we know you guys have them. And why are we doing all the work anyway? <laughs> this is what I want to know. Why are we looking stuff up when you guys have them that you could be sending us? And if I'm looking them up, I expect a tip. <laughs> Send your t- join our Patreon, um, or you can reach me at Venmo. <laughs> this is a team effort here. Yeah, you guys are not like like. Are you holding up your end of the deal? <laughs> are you just listening? You're just sitting in your cars passively while you're doing your dishes. Wow. Wow. Thanks. <laughs> Actually, thank no. you. Actually, thank you. Though. <laughs> we love uh, you. We love you back. Yes. And goodbye. Goodbye. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Truth Fairies Pod, and send us an email at truthfairiespod at gmail.com. Truth Fairies is hosted and produced by Brooke Flake and Jamie Garn. Original music by Greg Hale. 